Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Adela Marcy Unplugged. I'm your host with the most, as always, Adela Marcy. And today we're actually joined by a new guy that's been making me laugh off air. A guy called Seth Weinstein. Is it Weinstein or... Yep, you got it right on the first time. Well, hey, awesome. So go check his stuff out at facebook.com forward slash Seth W dot Perf PR. So P-E-R-F-P-R. Check him out. He's actually hilarious, and uh, he's a goofball. I, lo- I love the fact that he's such a goofball. Like you know those people you just meet right away, and you're like, "We're really gonna get on, aren't we?" <laughs> it's one of those things. So, um, just a real quick heads up, as always. Uh, this guy is super talented. He's super young and annoying for that simple reason. That he's younger than me, um, and he is crazy funny. But as far as it goes, dude, you, I'm not even gonna go to your story right now, just simply because I want you to tell it. Because like you are an adventurer, you literally have fun with stuff. And you, you, you're writing a goddamn book. You're writing a right. book that's going to get you on stage. And by the way, anyone that's listening to this that wants to book this guy, at the end of this call, if you want to just message him, just find a way to message him, get him on stage. He will probably make you entire like, A, he'll make you laugh your ass off. But more importantly, he'll get your crowd to do what they need to do. But yeah, yeah. Seth, take it away, dude. Tell us a little bit about your story. So uh, I started this uh, journey back when I was actually 16 years old. Uh, my father, who's actually a professional stand-up comedian, had brought me to one of the locations, one of the venues that he had performed at. And the owner had said, oh, I need a website. So me and my now business partner, knowing literally nothing about doing it beforehand, were like, fuck it, we're smart. We know we know video games and things. So we went in and we were and and we were just like, here's a website. And we built him something on, I believe it was Squarespace at the time. And he was like, uh, I don't know if this is really what I want. It looks overcomplicated. And I was like, but what do you want then? He's like, I just want something super simple like this. And he shows us a very weird looking website. And we're like, but we don't know. We can't know. And he's like, oh, and I want to pay $100 for it. And we immediately had no idea what we were doing there. And sadly, we lost the deal. But what happened then is this spark of ingenuity of what I wanted to do kind of went in my mind. And I started keep going on the website thing. And then as I went on the website thing, I realized, wait a second, I don't really like the website thing as much as I want. Now I can really do a lot of the website things, but I realized what I really liked was like all that new technology, like virtual reality, mobile apps, blockchain, all that stuff like started really fascinating me like to an upteenth degree of insanely awesomeness. Sweet. So yeah, so it essentially just took you by uh oh well, nice way of putting it, took you by the balls and dragged you into the bedroom. Yeah, basically. That's the nice way of putting it. Let's be let's be honest. That is exactly what happened here. So, wait, what's your book title? Is it Vapid Complaints of the Mad Scientist, or have you got a new title for it? Uh, well, actually, Vapid Complaints of the Mad Scientist will be my second book, and I know it's kind of a little bit ahead of myself by already planning a second book, but um, it's that book is a little bit more of a personal anecdote, while the book I'm actually going to be writing and releasing before the end of this year is actually called Start Already. Um, and it, it's it's much more about kind of the process of getting past yourself to really get started with what's truly going to lead you down that path of your goals so you can really like have that that life goal. It's kind of the guide of essentially to break it down to the simplest terms, uh, I consider it the guide from going from zero to 300 percent. Wow. So that's pretty awesome. All right, so kind of backing up a little bit because you did actually talk about being a gamer and stuff like that, but like you actually started off on YouTube, didn't you? Like that was like your first area that you started out. Started out. Yeah, yeah. As far as um, first time giving my shot at trying to do something, I actually started off on YouTube. I had a YouTube channel known as Huntzers, H-U-N-T-Z-E-R-Z, for anyone who wants to track back into that hole. 
um, which, believe it or not, it still ran for a little while. I tried to do a little bit here and there as I was going. Even recently, I thought about kind of bringing it back because I actually had over a thousand subscribers, which back in the day, that was a great little achievement to make. So I had monetized that and I turned it into a little bit of an income basis for myself at age uh, 14 through 16. And it essentially became like my way of learning how to interact with people and socialize because I wasn't really exactly the most personally sociable with uh, with Humanity. people at my school because a lot of times there was this disconnect between where my mind was going and where everyone else's usually did which believe it or not this uh, itself actually led me to my first attempt at doing a company which completely fell apart but I plan I did a video game development company at the age of uh, 16, actually before my father had invited me in to the uh, place to the venue to meet the guy who wanted to do the website. So I actually tried to make a video game company and I called it Lazy Day Games as of all things. Because oh, uh, nice. me and my friends had this joke going of how we were all just Lazy Day gamers, Lazy Day, blah, 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 lazy stuff. Um, and, and then it actually it went through a couple of names and we actually almost got to an actual investor which to me was really impressive but then when time came time uh, the demo that we got was an object that moved left and right and kind of just shot forward and that was about it <laughs> that's at least you went for it. I mean that's again the, the philosophy of startle already you just well, okay idea let's go with it exactly exactly I mean it, it comes down to you know you don't want to focus on being rich you want to focus on that no one is going to actually hand you this knowledge, so you have to be willing to go out and do something. Because if you're not willing to at least try and start and fail, like you can fail as many times as you need to, as long as you are always pushing forward to that passionate point, you know? You could lose your house, you could lose everything, but if you keep pushing forward, if you keep starting and don't let anything stop you, you're going to get somewhere. You're going to have things happen. You're going to let your passion lead you, and it's going to make you feel a lot better. Uh, I agree entirely, um, especially like with just when I look at it again, because it's one of those things that, you know, when you um, well, you may actually hit this, like, how old are you now, dude? 22. All right. So when you get to like th two, maybe three more years from now, you're going to hit your 10 year goal since you actually did something for yourself. Right. Right. Now, I've been writing sales copies since I was 12. So I've, oh, wow. I'm coming up to like my 15th year. I've done my 15th year. I'm almost at my, almost at my 16th year. And uh, I recently decided I don't want to write anymore. I just want to consult because it's a lot more fun, a lot less time, all the other fun shit that goes with it. Now, here's where it gets interesting for me. Writing all that, when I hit my 15th year, and it was, only, like, it was a couple of weeks ago that it really dawned on me because I found journals from when I was like 16. Um, and journals I had when I was 18 and stuff like that. And I looked at it and went, holy crap, the man I was today, the man I am today is completely different. Like, oh, yeah. It, it, it's insane just by going for something constantly all the shit fear rejection feelings of inadequacy and my personal favorite is when you get told by the people that you know are supposed to love you that what are you doing go get a real job go do this you're gonna fail mm -hmm. blah 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 mm -hmm. there's no better feeling than like waking up one morning years later and realizing you make more money combined than they do every single year exactly and, like, and, and you're like yeah no I'm, I'm failing I clearly chose the wrong life path here yep Yep, yep. And, and it's funny, too, because so many people seem to be completely happy with... They, they complain about their financial issues, yet they do nothing to change it. Mm -hmm. I proactively put myself out there to try to create it a way that I can literally... If, I, if I'm if i running out of money, what I do is I go out and get it. 
That's mm -hmm. simply put. Like, I go out, I figure things out, I talk to people, I interact, I network and create new ideas if the old ideas still aren't working as fast. And I find ways to create revenue, to generate income, to, to market myself and to attract all of these things from all of these years that I forced myself to start and learn things over and over and over again that I had no idea how to do in the first place. All I had was my love of technology, really, to get me through it. Yeah, in, pretty much. In a way, I guess. Not well, really get me through it, I guess. It's more of a, God, yeah. Oh, no, my my joy of technology. Oh, <laughs> such a pain. You sound like Homer. It's hilarious. Simpson, that is. Just, That's just, amazing. Just, just with context here. Um, but my personal favorite thing here that you actually said that resonates so deep with me is it's full of love of something that you do it and you figure it out, like, I love persuasion, I love sales, I love the idea of stories, I love all that stuff. It wasn't, it's for that simple reason, I could never like stick to one or two markets when I start out working what I do. And it's just like right. for anyone that's out there like, oh, I don't know if I can do this. Listen, dumbass, look at the real reason why you're in that marketplace. I bet you it's not because you have a love for X thing. I'm, I'm, I'm a weight loss coach because I love helping people lose weight. No, motherfucker, you're in the, you're in the actual business of making someone feel happy and look good in their body. Right. So what's your passion there? It's food. You like eating well, but you also like looking good. So you come up with that, and now you're like three different places that you can go if you get bored of the place that you're at right now. Or build it in. It's always fun. But that being said, there is something that you did say that really uh, I wanted to touch upon, kind of go a little bit deeper here. And that was the idea that you have, and it's a brilliant idea because one we both share. If you need something, you go get it. Right. Now, there are some people out there that will bitch, moan, kick, scream, and all the way through, and I know they will do this. Um what the hell like how the hell did they even start that's so i'm gonna ask i'm gonna ask that question and get you to answer it how the hell did you even start like if you like oh shit i need to get money i need to get this in by now what is right. it that you do that moves you forward so in a lot of ways and i'm gonna kind of take take this into almost a little bit of a story here for a second in a lot of ways all yours. i have always had trouble originally with money. In fact, I released an article on Ryan's blog very recently of how I wasted $100,000 in under six months. And the reason and the why that happened was I had never been, there was never someone who taught me how money worked, how, how to actually, you know, control the flow and not overspend. And interestingly enough, by spending all of this money and by really wasting thousands and thousands of dollars, I learned how to then make that same money because I had expenses that had to match that. Which means I forced myself into an uncomfortable position almost on accident because when I came back and when I moved back to Maryland after I lived in Pennsylvania, I realized that 98% of my class that I had graduated with had still not made it anywhere, still hadn't really done anything, and had, had never even held the amount of money that I'd actually had to make in their hands ever in their life. And I immediately was like, this is something I need to fix. And that actually kind of becomes why the book is called Start Already. I want people like me who have these insanely powerful skills to understand there's no such thing as being inside of a job structure when you have the ability to just start with your own ideas. There's always a way for people to make money but a lot of them don't look for it. I mean, I ended up having to work at Verizon for a little while. I was a bit of a, I called myself a Verizon drone even because, oh my gosh, was it soul-sucking? And 
to work for a cell phone carrier, and it wasn't even the main one, it was a franchise of a cell phone carrier, and to sell people devices that you knew were going to break in two years because that's how they were built, it just felt soul-sucking. But mm-hmm. all during that time, I was making an income that I now had to essentially decide to replace. So what I actually ended up doing is I knew that I my lease was up soon at my apartment. So I decided instead of waiting until the end of my lease, I told my current boss at the time, which I sh- probably could have just told him the truth. And I was like, hey, uh, I'm quitting because I have to move in a month. And when the month went by, I was then still at my apartment for a couple months after that, uh, running my business, though, really getting into the ground, you know, really getting into the kind of the nitty gritty and the grout of it all to try to find that that passion point that I could expand upon. And at this time, I was well inside of my debt because I had already moved to Pennsylvania to go to college and realized that I was wasting my time. But it wasn't until I'd after I'd spent it on televisions, cars that broke. I by the way, never going to own a car again because I realized how much I break them somehow. Um, so uh, Uber everywhere. That's that's essentially what you do. I was kind of hoping you'd say hookers and blow in that list. But damn, seriously, you did the exact same thing I, mean, I did when I was 18. Yeah, well, 19, more because like um, why turn like I hope you don't make me hijacking your story with a very similar one. No, please go ahead. Same thing, dude. I I ran myself into debt by I think I was like nineteen years old, and like I don't. It's it's really, really weird. My grandparents, my cousins and aunts and uncles, all that, all come from like a really wealthy family, right? But there was like a weird look down upon my parents from both sides of the family, so they kind of had to hustle their own way through. And mm-hmm. we moved and we moved to England from uh, Africa, so. We're here doing our own thing. So I didn't grow up in, like, the most spoiled of places. Like, um, I, my parents worked hard for what they had, right? Right. Everyone works hard. We hustle. We get to where we need to be. Now, what was crazy was when I was 19 years old, 19, 20 years old, I think I made just over 100,000, uh, sorry, hundred. it was 80,000 pounds. So back in the day, it was around 150,000 US dollars, right, uh, after doing this mail campaign for this client and knocked out the ballpark for them they paid me a ridiculous amount of the royalties i was happy to hear this because you know it's great it's more money than i ever knew what to do with i spent most of my money on like just doing really stupid shit like paying off people's debts paying off my own debts uh video games experience days huh. now like, at the end of it i was like how am i broke i had right. more mo- i had so much money to begin with i'm broke and the weird thing was, unlike a lot of people get to that stage, they're like, oh, I can get there again. Mine was, oh, I think that's all I was allowed to have. So uh, I've got to go back and my confidence is not, man, all this, yeah, and this went on for like years. The crazy thing is something that you, again, you mentioned a couple of times and the point kept missing and now it's finally like hit my mind, is that when you put yourself in a position where you have to make that money, you either will or you won't. And if you, and you're very much the type of guy that I am. Like, because we all hang out with the same type of killers, you essentially want, you're like, oh, hey, I need to make 100 grand because that's how much my expenses are. Guess what? I'm going to make 100 grand. It's not so much like, oh, I got to make 100 grand and there's these expenses. I know I'll cut back on my expenses. You're like, no, 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 no. The expenses are there. They're there for a reason. I'm going to make the money to match the expenses. It essentially is what exactly. you're saying. Yeah. Exactly. And fun story to actually say. And this is interesting because I'm not going to lie, literally up until about a couple of weeks ago, my debt was still consuming me. And I know this is kind of like a strange thing to say, but like 
This is the best possible time to have this conversation because I've reached that pivot point. I've gone through the struggle of being an entrepreneur. And I'm going to, and honestly, I don't usually talk this seriously about things, but being an entrepreneur is one of the most stressful and depressing things that someone can Mm. do. It will beat the ever living shit out of you, but reward you if you push. Yep. And, And that's one of the most amazing parts and one of the biggest things, like, I, I absolutely love everything that's happened to me. And I've got a lot of catching up to do. Of course I do. Everyone does. There's not a single person in this world you will meet who does not have some debt that is consuming a part of their time. Yep. It literally just doesn't exist. Like, even when we talk about the power players that we do, because of how high they've gotten, the debt has equally grown. It's how it works. Yep. There's no, Which is why I spent all that money, in a sense, because now... In the next, I'm looking to make in the next couple of months three times that, and yes, it's taken me a few years, but in a couple of months, I look to make $300,000. I'm a 22-year-old who's going to make six figures at a, literally within a pivot point, yep. a simple pivot that happened because I put all the effort in. And I've been scraping by, you know, 1,000 here, 1,000 here, 1,000 here, blah, 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 blah. Now, I finally have everything together. I finally have things moving to where they need to be. And I'm now going to get to join the level that I've been shooting to be at. And that feels fucking amazing. Yeah, it really does. It's one of those things that's just fucking crazy. And I love the fact that we're speaking now because in six months, a year from now, and this is not anything to do with you. It's just the way that we are as humans. This pivot point is not going to be as fresh in your memory as it is right now. Right. Because you, you, it's like kind of that thing, um, like to equate this one I used to fight, it's that feeling when someone says to me, how does it feel to get punched in the mouth? I'm like, I can try and explain it to you, but when you get punched in the mouth and you ask me, how does it feel to get punched in the mouth? I'm like, okay, it tastes like iron is in your mouth to start with. It hurts a little bit. Your jaw hurts. Your brain is rattled. You kind of start seeing funny, but you just, you kind of go with it. Right. It's your choice. And like one of my favorite movies of all time is the Rocky series. But particularly Rocky Balboa, there's like a whole motivational bit in there where he goes, life will beat you on your knees and keep you there if you let it. It's not about exactly. how hard you hit because nobody hits harder than life. It's 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 going to beat you until you're on your knees and you only have two options. You either get up and keep moving forward or you just sit there and die. Now, I'm and paraphrasing that phrase, but it's that. Right. And it's funny you should mention Rocky because that was – my father was always about older movies and – the Rocky series was one of that iconic, like almost one of the most iconic pieces. We watched all of them together growing up and like me, my brother and my father, it was like our thing to do. And we, you know, we even did the theme song together and we even got the video games. And, you know, it's, it's, it's that drive and that determination that you see in that movie, you know, just the, the whole keep fucking pushing thing is absolutely the message that so many people have kind of taken for granted. And I understand, like, everyone says, I've got bills to pay. I've got money to spend. Listen, everyone does. Again, everyone does. But if they don't take the risk now, there's no one who's going to take the risk for them. In fact, someone else will take the risk for them, but they won't be involved. And their idea will be done by someone else, and they will never get to play with it. And, you know, that's sad. You know, it's fun. It's like it's like getting a new toy, but someone else takes it away from you because you're too lazy to open up the box. Yep. Life does not wait for anyone. It will keep... It's essentially the thing. Keep moving forward or, you know, piss off. Right. 
And again, so it's lovely the fact that you actually went to the whole fact that, about the depression of an entrepreneur. I mean, our friend Alex Sharfin, as you'll get to know more, you'll see this. He really helped me with understanding what I was going through with my, with my bipolar depression, my ADD and dyslexia. I know, hilarious, a writer that has dyslexia. <laughs> but it's, hey, man, it happens. It shit happens, right? It makes you better, in my right. opinion. But like, Damn um, right. what he said was so friggin' powerful was the fact that if you have a message to give, you're gonna get depression in one or two, day, or two ways. The depression is that you can't, it's not that you can't do what you wanna do, that's not the thing that depresses you. It's because you, phys- it's, I think he said it by, this is the way I took the meaning of it, is that you can't interpret a way to get your message out there to the masses because you know it's impactful, but you don't know how to word it, you don't know how to put it together, you don't know how to voice it, and that's what's depressing you is because you can't actually go out and do what you need to do. That makes a lot of sense. That actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah, because you can't fucking verbalize this. It's weird. Now, with that being said, one of the most powerful things as well that I've realized, just again, speaking to you as I know, is that that pivot point, and this is where my question really comes in, what was the thing that shifted it? Like, what was that one thing that went, you know what, fuck it, I'll do this. What was that? So, because of all of this debt I'd created, because of all of the people I'd had to ask for help to pull myself out of, the the, the I had to go into just to keep myself surviving, I knew I had to do something big. It couldn't just be, oh, I'll just kind of create a small little contingency of movement. No, I, I needed to make a big wave. I needed to create my tsunami. And... I just started networking. I, I literally started connecting over and over and over again. Talked to people. Spent the money on the training that I needed to. Yes, I had bills to pay, but you know what? The training was more important because I could survive as long as I myself had that information and that knowledge to build off of. And I actually ended up joining, uh, as we'd been talking about the people, I had joined Ryan Stuman's tribe and I actually ended up, from that point, was one of the most powerful moments that happened as well. And this was after I had, I'd been in entourage for about three months and Every single thing that I saw in there, every single thing that I see within these power players was what inspired me to keep pushing and just kind of helped create this tangential line that I could take to follow with them and kind of grow with them. And I was like, I'm not here. In the, this is not the late game. This is still the early game. And I noticed that. I was like, social media, the influencer the market, the entrepreneur influencer market is such an early game right now. That you need to get in. You need to find yourself in the entrepreneurial space because it's such a new game again. It changes like every decade. And it just, oh my gosh, it drove me to just push until the fact that I could do it. And a lot of what I did was actually I cut away a lot of the excess stuff that I didn't need for my company. Because I I have dreams. You know, I I was always like, oh, I want to have an office. Oh, I want to have this. Oh, I want to have that. Giving myself needless external expenses to the company that were completely pointless. And by cutting all of those things away, it's allowed me to streamline and focus on what is important because, you know, I had an office. I had, like, we're actually shutting it down because the fact that we literally have not used it. It's probably covered in dust just because we haven't even been in there. But the fact of it is, I overthought what I wanted getting into this. And as I grew, as I understood it, I've reached the point that I know what I want now. I know where my focus needs to be and I know how to get myself there. So by cutting away everything else and getting that laser focus on what I want to do is really just is really what it's about. I mean, in my book, I've even got a chapter uh, that I think we said, hold on, it's, I've got the title right here. Ah, channeling your energy beam 
to become a content producer versus consumer. Yep. Yeah. I love the sci-fi references too. It's going to be it, it's a big part of me. You know, I I'm a, I'm the nerd, but I enjoy being the nerd. So I'm going to make everything be shaped around that because why change who I am for other people if I know who I am is going to be get the best results. Exactly. Why shift what's already working? Right. Who you are is who you are, and that's the way you got to look at it. And what's yep. really powerful about that is this is like weirdly timely that you actually even have that chapter written the way, like in your book because um, it's funny. I was talking to my mentor earlier today, actually, right before we got on the show. Um, I messaged him really quickly saying, my biggest problem is I have a problem with visibility. It sounds really stupid, I know, but like um, I have this weird fear where if I produce content um that's my own and stuff people are not going to get it or it's going to get burnt down no one's going to like it and all the sub bullshit that i tell myself but he actually just went and said dude there's someone out there waiting for your advice <laughs> and his exact response was how many consultations have you done since january i was like this many he goes how many have refunded i'm like none how many have thanked you i'm like tons how many have written testimonies about how great you are tons when was the last time you had to actively hunt for a client i was like six years he was like, so all your clients, where they come from, like, referrals from previous clients, like, yeah, and you're telling me that you're not good enough? Shut the fuck up and produce. <laughs> stop consuming, stop producing. Exactly. And you know what? It's funny, because when I made that shift, it's funny you should mention testimonials. I actually got uh, one of the best testimonials, and it wasn't even, and this wasn't even a client we'd finished anything with. He just messaged me. as like, oh, I forgot to send you a testimonial. And I was like, what? couple minutes later he sends me three different takes of a video of him creating a testimonial about everything that I didn't done for him just through the initial process of getting to know me wow. and this was the first true client that I knew because here's the thing usually I, I was barking I was pushing a string uphill with people this client though was actually referred to me by a colleague that I'd networked with through the entourage group and through the tribe group as well and this specific individual has all he needs to be able to create the process that he does, but he understands my process of why I make people break it down and slow it down and figure out the best course to really take their digital ideas to the furthest extent that they can instead of pushing a bunch of money into something that immediately flops afterwards. Because we see it happen all the time. Everyone talks about it. Oh, I wanted to make an app one day, but oh, XYZ things happened and I didn't do it anymore. And when I ask them, do they have any of the files? Do they have any of the stuff? Do they have any of this? Do they have anything left from it? They're like, no, uh, the people who made it kind of took that all with them. I'm like, are you kidding me? So I, I knew there was something that had to be changed in the digital landscape. And me and my business partner have essentially been challenging ourselves to help people have that all-in-one idea factory, which has actually also become the name of uh, this little uh, – it's like a Sunday show that I run. I, I, I feel like I can't call it a podcast yet because we don't have like – a following outside of the internal circle but hey it's a great little thing you know you get to see me in the bear it's, coat talking to a high level individual it's a podcast you dumbass don't ever say it isn't <laughs> this is the hey, joys so, all okay, about so my, it's my like, podcast then it's my yeah. podcast idea it's factory idea yeah. factory is your podcast that's what you do check it out guys go go look that shit up and subscribe because i'll tell you what if, i'm enjoying this conversation <laughs> i can probably talk to this dude for like the next six hours and probably never, never get tired of that shit but that being said, like seriously, this check it out. Idea Factory is like it's gonna be awesome. Like throw up the link at the end. Like send that over to me afterwards. We'll put it in the description. Definitely, definitely. I'll send it over. Yeah, sweet. All right. So like you're out there just doing this thing. You're hustling your ass off. You're getting like through the shift. You're actually like turning all this stuff around. My actual question for you here right now is how how many books do you read? 
actually not as many as people would think because I a lot of the content I consume well I've been reading a lot more lately but the content that I seem to find myself consuming the most is visual content and the reason why is because I've always grown up with that visual content of everything and that same visual aspect is kind of where my brain goes like it it all clicks together. Yeah. I've watched, so instead what I do is I watch the psychology of how all these different influencers act. I listen to the words they say. I think of them at a very critical level because a lot of people, I, I have a pretty damn good memory. So when I'm watching all these influencers and everything like that and I'm talking to people, I remember key phrases and key elements that I know, hey, these are important. Like my brain stores them all away. Now, when it comes to a book, I've actually read, uh, right now, I have Expert Secrets. I have book. Business by Ryan. Uh, I have Fuck Your Excuses by Ryan. Oh, and my favorite bedtime uh, book, uh, which is actually going to be the funniest one you're going to hear me say, is The Book of Useless Information, a official publication of Useless Information Society. Thousands of things you didn't think you needed to know and probably don't. Oh, dude, that sounds like amazing. That sounds amazing. That's gonna go on my Amazon wish list. Oh yeah, hold on. Let, let me actually. Uh, I've got a book. I've got a uh, earmarked one right here. Let, let me just read this out to you. Go for uh, it, man. The estimated number of M and M's sold each day in the United States is two hundred million. Wow. See, useless. The thing is, like, people don't pay attention to this kind of stuff. I'm gonna explain why this is kind of a book that I'm gonna be getting. It's not just because oh, hey, he's reading it, whatever. It's because books like this, believe it or not, rest your brain. And a lot of people don't look at it this way, but if you rest your brain, great ideas just come flying out. Yeah, very uh, true. It's um, essentially how, um, what's it called? Uh, a lot of copywriters, like, okay, I'll give you an example. And this is for anyone that's fucking listening that wants to go do this. It probably had me say it a million times, but maybe I haven't, I don't know, because they only share this with a few people. But dude, if you ever want to get good at writing stories or telling stories, do you know what the best education you can ever have is? What's that? Set aside about seven hours of time, get a notepad and pen, or because you're visual like me and you remember shit like crazy, go on YouTube and type in Gears of War 1, 2, 3, all cutscenes. <laughs> that is such a good point, actually. I love that you reference video games too, because again, that's where my that's where my creativity and points of interaction come from. Look at Dude. the technology in those things, man. Like when you Oh my god, the technology in these things are what make me go like, I want to be able to figure out how to make that stuff happen. I mean, so many people overlook what apps and hardware things and a lot of other things can do. And because of that, they miss out on like this wild amount of, of potential that they could swing into things. I'm just going to show you, I'm showing you this. Can oh you see my it? gosh. Yeah. That's amazing. That was last weekend at Comic-Con. I'm dressed as a Joker, and I'm actually being chainsawed in half by a fellow gear. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. So, yeah. That's fantastic. Dude, I'm a gamer to the hardcore level. My first genuine job was working in a game store, because I fucking love games. Oh, I tried. They didn't accept me, because I didn't know how to sell back then. And the dude asks me to sell him something, and I was wearing like this really cheesy, fake shark tooth necklace that my, uh, at the time, actually, uh, girlfriend had gotten me. And I was like, uh, okay, you can get this cool uh, uh, shark tooth necklace, super exclusive. You can get it in either ivory or ebony. And I, I like went into like this 
really sultry description of this stupid shark Oh my god. You know what? I bet and, you that asshole that tried to get you that, like, that tried to interview just had watched The Wolf of Wall Street or some bullshit because I swear <laughs> to god, I'm pissed at people going, sell me something! I'm like, go fuck yourself. That's my this response was, now. I, he probably had either that or like a boiler room type of situation there because it was crazy because like, I... You know, what What are you supposed to expect of a GameStop employee? They're not even technically making a commission, nor do they do anything like that. And I didn't even know what commission was back then. Thankfully, I got a job that did have commission afterwards because I realized, oh, my God, commission's amazing. Yeah. Um, but no, like, it, it's a GameStop. Like, you, no game shop in the world has... I mean, yes, there are ones who I would assume, like, you find those videos online, like, oh, look at that guy. He's like a killer salesman at that video game shop. And you know what? Here's what I say to that video game, that person in that video game shop. Quit. Get out Quit. and do something different. Exactly. Like, use your skills, asshole. Exactly. It's a, like all these people who are posting from these jobs when they're like servers and things like that and the attention that these people are getting, they're not understanding how to utilize it. And it's because – and I understand, you know, not everyone thinks about this stuff. It's fine. I, I'm not expecting every single person who listens to my rantings and ravings to – think like me or think like you or think like the entrepreneurial mindset that we all have but if you really truly believe you want to be an entrepreneur you really have to critically think i think honestly and this is kind of a funny reference but i i was watching schitt's creek uh, on netflix actually and there was this one scene where basically they were like uh, they came to him because he said that he was trying to open up a business he didn't know what he was going to open yet in schitt's creek and when they came up and there was like two of them in front of him and he's like, uh, okay, so what would you open? In, what would you open? And he's like, well, uh, let me think. Uh, when I came into the town, there wasn't a bagel there. Uh, I really was craving bagels. Uh, I had to actually travel a good 30, 40 minutes out of town to get bagels. So I guess I would open up a bagel shop. And then like moment, then throughout this episode, you've got like different people coming in who are like, hey, let's open up the bagel shop. You get, he brings in like a baker. He brings it like it's, it's, it's just the that mindset of really going at it and it's it's a comedy show yes but it's that's the point it's just finding that solution that might just be staring you in the face like every big person you've ever seen or met has started with something smaller and then realized where they wanted to pivot on it like that that's that's how it always works most definitely but like kind of just jumping back for a second on like the whole gears of war thing the reason i brought that up was because if you ever want to like study storytelling have you played gears of war by the way I have played one, and I have seen played bits of three at my friend's house. Okay, if you play through one, two, and three, and I suggest that you do this, or well, at least watch the 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 cutscenes. The th the third thing, uh, I'm not gonna give you the spoiler because I don't want YouTube like fucking lose it. But like, there's a really pivotal emotional scene in there, two of them, in two and three, and um, what happens is insane. It reduced one of my friends to tears. Now, if a video game can move you and motivate you and then reduce you to fucking tears study that shit because that means that it's opening up an emotional portal to you that you can use for everything else that you do that's mm -hmm. ridiculous people don't do that i read this one book and i'm not going to say the title because i'm not actually recommending it because honestly after i did my research into more of his information i was not personally a fan but i was reading this book that was talking all about how gamers become entrepreneurs and it was all about gamifying what you do because that's what you like to do anyways. Like I found – a little thing I found. I actually had this uh, app that I was using for a little while to kind of be my to-do list app and it was called Life RPG. Nice. 
rather than being an application that was like a regular to-do list, I created quests and objectives that leveled me up. I got to create a character of me and gamify how I interacted with my own world. So if you are comfortable being a gamer or you are like someone who likes the idea of games, you need to figure out how to gamify something you want to do. And it'll create a crazy response. You know, think about it. This I, I, I think, uh, I believe I was hearing it in one of Gary Vee's books, actually. He was talking about how, and I could be wrong, and apologies if I'm wrong, whoever actually did say this, but they were talking about how if you talk to if you talk to someone behind the counter of a gas station, you ask them, you know, uh, what you know, what do you do when you're bored? Do you like count the people walking in? Do you see how many people you can make smile when they're checking out? Little games that go on in the back of their heads that kind of make this all connect and make all of these points fire off and attract people. And and it's it's not it's it's a weird attraction too because it's not a direct one, but it puts you in this mindset that you don't even realize you're getting into. That once you find those other people around you, it creates this polarizing network effect that's just going to launch you forward. It's it's almost like um, oh, you know what? It's almost like the uh, a magnetic a magnetic gun shooting to uh, what's it called? Rail gun. It's like a rail gun <laughs> shooting the the magnetic debris through, but instead of magnetic debris, it's you. And as long and you know, as long as you're the right the right amount of passion, it's just gonna launch you straight through it into the stratosphere. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Alright, so time is coming up to my favorite question. You go with this? Actually, by the way, just a real quick side note, what was was it called Habitica, the app that you uh that you were recommending? Uh no, Life RPG. Shit, I can't seem to find that over here on uh, iTunes. It might just be Android, sadly. Yeah, because um I looked at this right now because there's, there's a version of it called Habitica on uh, on the iPhone. Huh. It's like it's exactly the same thing. It's like you create an RPG, create a character, the whole lot, um, and you basically just track in. It's kind of fucking awesome. Oh yeah. Like, I'm setting this up later anyway. Definitely. Uh, there you go. Yeah, I love so literally level up. Hell's yeah. I mean that's the best way because you were saying I was like I don't even like RPGs but goddamn I love gaming and if this is another way to improve my productivity then fuck it I will right. Damn right. Um, but some of my favorite question, my one of my favorite questions I love asking on the show because there's two, is you know when you were going through that period in your life, very recently more than anything, where you were knocked on your ass further down than you thought you could ever be knocked down, like you know we're just like holy shit what am I doing with my life am I, you know we're just contemplating everything should I just quit should I get a job what am I doing ah right. When you hit that moment, what was the thing that springboarded you back up to A, normal, and then B, catapulted you to where you are? I know you spoke about the pivot a little bit, but I want to more or less go into a little bit more depth of that. So, the biggest realization I had was when I was still in Pennsylvania, and I had to drop out of college. I was going to Penn State up in Pennsylvania, and I had to drop out because... I was unhappy. I hadn't gone to any of my classes. I was like, this is just as stupid as high school. Why why did I spend all this money to come up here? Um, and because I never liked high school. It was such a huge waste of time. I think I ended up skipping, uh, I want to say it was like 45% of my senior year, maybe a little bit more. They actually had to like sit me down at one point and was like, Seth, you can't skip any more classes or you're going to fail. And I was like, can I just take tests and show that I know this stuff already and just move on, please? Um, but anyway, so... When I reached that point, I had no support. There was no support system there to like. There was no parents there to the, to cushion me. Yes, I was. I had to turn to some people eventually, shortly after this, because I was in such a really rotten spot. But there wasn't. I realized there's no more safety net. You know, 
when you, when you are forced to be an adult, like not even don't focus on the partying, don't focus on any of that stuff. When you are forced into being an adult, you mature very quickly. And it makes you realize what you need to do and what you have to do to survive as you. And what it did to get me to point A was I had started jobs that were out or I started applying for jobs that were outside of any sort of criteria that I quote unquote qualified for. And I actually started going in for interviews with like these high level positions all at the same time, believe it or not, I was still working on the company I currently have because I was, you know, I had no idea how to do it yet. But I had it running. I had it working. I was always learning. I was looking up new information and all of these different things. And what amazes me about it is it all kind of tr worked with me as I grew because I used that same information to get me a couple of the jobs I had. I ended up selling insurance for a very, 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 very short period of time, which, no, just not doing that again. <laughs> um, as well as uh, then getting into the cell phone sales and a pizza driver for a little while in between when nothing else was uh, hiring, which was oodles of fun. Got to uh, that. That's how I uh, ended up finally losing the uh, BMW that's mentioned in the wasted money in under yeah. six months section. I don't really touch upon that though because that was a very, oi, oi, oi. like some of the people you meet when you deliver pizza. It puts a, everyone should deliver pizza once in their life because it puts a lot of shit in perspective for you. <laughs> yeah. Or do door to door sales. Oh, that too. That too. Hundred percent. Because the people you meet. Oh my. And the thing that kind of catapulted me forward really was watching all of the stuff online, meeting, seeing all the influencers, finding my, like, I, what happened honestly, I will honestly say is I got connected with someone named Ariel, who many people in the Sales Talk with Sales program know. Um, she is known as the text closer and she actually was how I got introduced because I had put up an ad saying, hey, free mobile app contest, who wants in? And when she applied... I, I contact every single contest person. That's what I was doing. It was like my way of thinking, okay, these are leads. Let me contact them. And when she told me what she wanted in her app, I, I had to be honest with her. I was like, listen, we don't know how to make that yet. And this was like, this was a bit ago. Like it was, it wasn't that we didn't know how to make it. It was the fact that what we were offering in the free app thing, we couldn't meet her needs. So I was like, but listen, Stay in contact with me. I really like your business. I want to know more. I want to, you know, stay in contact, learn more about all this. And from her, I actually started learning about, you know, Ryan Stuman, Gary Vee, Grant Cardone, all these different, you know, big name guys that are out there. And I mean, there's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, hundreds of them. And I mean, I haven't even scratched the surface yet, to say the least. Like, there's so much more diving in that I have to do. Uh, but it's just this fact of finding that pool of people who match that dynamic. Because my dynamic are were really and truly just serial entrepreneurs, people who kept wanting to try new things and do new things. Because I never felt happy as a kid doing like, oh, I did karate for a little while and then I got bored, did guitar for a little while and then got bored. It's because I wanted to have something that I could do, that I could do multiple things at the same time, the same way I could with video games. Because I could load up and start a different video game every single time I wanted to try something different and then be satisfied playing a different video game for a little while and then go back to the other one again. And it's that, that dynamic that I, I strive for. Yeah, having that ability to do multiple things at one time, which, again, let's be honest, is what our greatest strength is as an entrepreneur. So we can look 100%. at different things. So it's so much more 100%. Fun. Okay, cool. So that's pretty awesome. So my next question, so my favorite question in the whole wide world, is asking what three pieces of advice would you give to these three people? Now, it could be generic overall for all three. It could be one for each one. You could focus on just one group. It's completely up to you, okay? You ready for okay. the three groups? Go for it. 
The first group is for people that are in jobs right now that are like, you know what? I could be an entrepreneur. They're like kind of on the edge. Like I kind of want to jump in. I kind of want to jump in, but I'm not really sure. You know, those people. Then you have the people that are basically like in that rut where they're like, dude, no matter what I'm doing, I'm just not succeeding. I'm failing. I don't know what's going on. I'm taking action. I'm failing. I'm flailing right now. I'm essentially drowning in a sea. And the third people are those that have hit a plateau in their business and want to take it up to the next level, but they don't know what to do. So what three pieces of advice would you give to those types of people? So I would actually give the exact same advice to all three because I believe in this advice applies to everyone across the board. Rich or poor, you know, strong or weak, it doesn't matter. The first of which is one that I have just love and adopt. Uh, anything that's holding you back, fuck your excuses. Yeah. Secondly, find that passion point and keep pushing. Because even if you're in this rut, even if you're down in the middle of it, there's always someone there who can help rise you up. Because even if you think you've tried everything... There's always something new that you can push for. There's always this element. There's always these people who really do want what you've tried to make. I mean, I have been so broke. So, I mean, <laughs> needless to say, you you can – you can uh, hold on. You can – sorry, my cat is deciding to be a mascot as well. It's, it's um, all good. That's why we have them. They're adorable. But no, it's you can really push yourself out of that rut by just slowing down and realizing that you just need to keep things simple. And that's that's more the second thing I'd say is keeping things simple. And the third thing, be open. Don't be afraid to tell other people when you're struggling. Don't beg for things, but explain what your struggle is. Explain what you've tried. Explain what you've done. And be open to the advice that comes in. Don't don't go back to that person and go, oh, but blah, 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 blah. I tried this, that, and the other thing. Why is your thing going to be different? No, you're, you have exhausted your resources if you are in any of these positions. And it is the point where you have to be open to grow. By connecting with others and being open to grow, you're going to find yourself finding new ideas. It might be their ideas or they might lead you yourself to your great idea. But you have to be open to get there. Yeah, that's very, very true. Like, insanely true. Damn. He's dropping some knowledge bombs on us, guys. We go check out his stuff. Sorry, dude, I'm going to wrap up this show because it is insanely good to actually have you on here. I definitely want to have you back in the future. Of course, of course. I've had a great time. Great to hear. Guys, go check out uh, my boy Seth's pages. I mean, seriously, I'm not kidding. Go check out uh, facebook.com forward slash Seth W dot P-E-R-F-P-R-O puff pr also check out his podcast the idea factory which is um facebook.com forward slash idea factory online he will eventually get this up as a website or at least get it on his site when he gets his website sorted i'm totally giving him a death stare right now because he needs to sort that shit out but um get, dude it's, so, it's been a pleasure having you on the show i'm really looking forward to uh hearing more about what you're going to be doing in future of course it's been a huge pleasure thank you so much for having me on Adil. You're very welcome, man. I'll speak to you. Right, guys, I will speak to you guys on the next episode. As always, check out AdamMarcy.com for the latest episodes. And again, hit up my friend Seth as much as you can. I'm sure he'll get back to you when he can as well. Take care.